Welcome to this edition of When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine, a discussion of sustainable living and what that means to you and me. <laughs> I'm Jay Warmke. I'm Annie Warmke. You are, I remembered my name. You that's did. So that's good. that's a start. And, yeah. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about um, building a sustainable community or, and this is my second title, uh-huh. just look what they're doing and do exactly the opposite. So that's pretty much it. Okay. That's the whole show. We don't even have to talk about it. So if you're looking at how your community is trying to build community, just look what they're doing and then do something completely different. Especially if you live in a rural area. Okay. So, so of course this show, we talk about uh, sustainable living and, and, and I guess this is, you know, a lot of the preppers and the like who come to Blue Rock Station, preppers, preppers, they come and, and they have this idea that, okay, you're living in an earthship. Um, you're trying to be, uh, you know, um, as sustainable as possible, but they look at that as self-sufficiency as opposed to um, resilience. resilience. And, yeah. and one of the things we like to point out about that is that sustainable living is is largely about community. You know, none of us can do everything well. And so we have to have a way of... of um, building this community around us so that those people who do things better than others, we take advantage of that and all of that. And, and I know you're the expert on this and, <laughs> and, uh, you're going to, I know I'm going to be, hands. oops, yeah. and now I'm hitting the microphone. So anyway, so, uh, so you tell me, what do you view as sustainable community? How does that work? What are we looking for? Well, I want to back up and say that we do love it when people come to visit and come on tour and I don't know, I don't know, I've met any preppers lately, but I have met a lot of people uh, who visit, who are interested in living a richer life, a life of, um, in many ways, opting out of consumerism and also feeling resilient in how they do things. And they, they want to foster a better economic system for their life. They want to have a better environment, not just socially, but also how they breathe air and all that stuff. And that's really what we all should be working towards. And then of course we need other people. So our first community is in our home. And then outside of that would be the people we engage with at different uh, times and different in different jobs and different situations. And part of the challenge we have is that, particularly in rural areas, but definitely across the board, uh, it's exceptional that local governments are looking at the true heart of being sustainable, which is this well-being, well-being so for when- everybody, not not just the few that have the you know, nice lawn, and it's it's a well-being across uh, across the board. When you say it's exceptional, do you mean that it's it's rare that they do this, or that they're doing such a great job of it? It's exceptional. It uh, well, it would be exceptional if if they did. If so they it's, did rare. It. Yes, it's rare. It's rare that rare, they're looking at that. Well, and I'm sure there are pockets, and there are cities, uh, particularly um, in places like California. Um, where they are working on this. But one of the cool things that that has to happen for sustainable communities to emerge out of the current culture that we have is that we've got to begin to define what is it what is it we want out of our community people and people need to to come together 
and talk about these things. And a good example would be something that we've done from really the beginning of our relationship, yours and mine, Jay Warbke, has been that as soon as we land in a new place, we invite everybody we've met uh, to, in order to get to that new place, we invite everybody we've met and we have a meal. And we just want to engage with people. And I remember the first time I did that, I wanted, I wanted to have a Hanukkah party. We had moved and we were there six months by the time the Hanukkah party would have happened. And you looked at me and you said, um, wait, uh, you're inviting people into the house? I don't know them. And I said, <laughs> well, that's how you get to know them. Well, and it's also weird that neither of us is Jewish, so we're going to have this Hanukkah party and invite people. Well, it got attention. <laughs> right. I remember in France, we had a Hanukkah party. That wasn't the first party that we had had there. Um, the first party was the cat housewarming, which all the French people who came, I invited everybody I'd met in the village. And um, and they all, they would call up and in French say, can I bring my brother? Can I bring my neighbor? Can I bring my friend? And it's like, okay. So we ended up with like 20 people or something. I didn't even have enough dishes to feed everybody. But we had Mexican food, which I had to make yeah, from they scratch. they thought tacos was quite They've never had Mexican exotic. food. It was so great. <laughs> and um, so they just thought this was the most most amazing thing, cat housewarming, you know, but our cats had arrived from the United States. And so it was really fun. But anyway, so for me, it was more of a wake than a housewarming, right? Because <laughs> the, the cats, cats were arrived, finally here. You kept pointing yeah. out there are cats in France, but we didn't care <laughs> mm -hmm. anyway. But I had a clear vision and I think, and, and so we're about to do something quite similar, not cat housewarming, but a holiday tea. We've already had one, um, one event here in the spring where we talked about the food forest garden and we had 26 people show up. They weren't all from the uh, immediate neighborhood, but they still showed up. They were very interested. And now we're going to have a tea and the tea, the purpose of the tea is to, so you can use anything, any reason that might engage people is we're going to christen the solar array and we have a nice sign made. So we're, Okay. You know. So you're saying that the first step of creating a community is, is just dealing with your, your own physical neighbors, you know, start to, start right. to engage with them to, well, it starts to begin in your that home. conversation. So how does that community work in your home and how does it function right. efficiently and economically? And well, I remember so when we first moved to Florida, right after we got married, and it was so weird that the people in our neighborhood who had been living there for years had never met their next door neighbor. I know, but we had the that people everywhere. behind them. And we kept, you were out there and, you know, walking around, hey, do you know Gladys over here? And, and you know, you should talk to her. She lives behind you. And, and these people, they, and, and I'm sure they thought you were an alien from some other planet because they were kind of like, this is my postage stamp. I don't want anyone else touching it. And I'm going to live out. Or the, the leaves the from rest. our tree. Oh, they don't yeah, want that well. in there. Gravel oh, lawn. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so the idea then is to be clear about what it is that you need. Well, I want to have uh, the support of other people. I want to know people because if I know people and I, I, well, let me just back up and say that I have this awful habit of thinking that everybody I meet potentially is going to be my friend. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> and while I'm surprised when people like me, I expect that they will be my friend. And so I start with that attitude. And when they're not my friend, which a lot of times I can tell pretty much right away, then I just move on to the next thing. I'm still nice. Or if they're not nice, I'm not. I'm they're not on our say, boat. <laughs> There's the road. Go to the road and, you know, stay there. But anyway, so I'm clear about my vision. And that's really necessary if I want to create a sustainable community. And I'm talking about myself as an individual because this is about individuals looking up and saying, where is it I want to be? I want to have a neighborhood where people know each other. So if there's an emergency, if there's uh, if they're coming to cut down the trees like they did in this neighborhood, if people had been organized, it wouldn't have happened. We would have been able to fight back. Do you think there's a conscious effort? Um, I don't know by whom, but it feels like people are so self-isolating. And and is there an effort to keep them apart, to keep well, them separated? Well, this is our culture, Jay. Yeah. This, this is our culture. And, and it started from day, day one <laughs> of, uh, of uh, this country. Basically, we're individuals. We, we can get it done. We're pioneers. Good fences make good neighbors. Yes, that's right. I know that's not the intention of that saying, but good fences, it's like if you, keeping people separated makes everything better. Right. I mean. so, so we do live in a culture that's very much like that. Well, but, and I'm but deeply in that culture. Yes, I'm, you I'm are, happy to. And you would to, be okay with uh, all that. Yeah. But here's the problem. Okay. A huge problem. <laughs> Life culture is changing yeah and we are moving forward very rapidly into a place that nobody knows how it's going to work so if i'm going to go to a to a place like that i i definitely want you there okay well I'm let me back you up there because you're just saying the 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 community apocalypse is upon us. Are you talking about like the uh, social media thing, the no, advancement no. of artificial I, intelligence? Some of that, and, climate adaptation. Uh, climate changes, yeah. We, so we have all these things happening in all Dissolution these. of the family, you know. Well, that's uh, happened in the I know. So, But it seems but, like everything's building on itself to make people more and more isolated within within right. their own being, you know. Right. And then we live in a culture that says if you're old, you must go to the old people's prison and, you know, sell everything. And so there's this crazy sort of at some point you were really isolated and now you're in the middle of this place living with everybody. But anyway, so so I'm talking about the importance and the power of First of all, saying, okay, what's my vision? What are my values? Um, and my values are really, the bottom line is that I want to live in a place where everybody has enough. I want to, I want my family to have enough, but then I want your family to have enough. And so, and I want it to be in a way that is, um, that, that people are kind to each other. So that sounds like Pollyanna, sure. but it is not. Well, we, we talk about that again. I'll go back to the prepper idea. You know, we do have <laughs> people who say when, you know, oh, what are you going to do when the zombie apocalypse happens and, and everybody's roving around looking to steal your, your stuff. And, and my response there is always, I'm not going to shoot somebody over beans and rice. You know, it's like, they, we have this kind of Mad Max thing where people are going to come and want to take your food if you've got food or whatever. Uh, community is more about 
okay, I've got food, let's share it. And I now know. let's so figure how out we how do we make mm-hmm. more food? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. that's kind of how the world goes. I'm not going to say, you know, I always, when they say you don't have guns and all of this kind of thing, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll feed the guys who've got the guns. <laughs> so well, I, they, I'm not going to, you know. I don't know if I could shoot anybody, but no. so here, here, so just to come back to Well, this. that wasn't the point of that story. It was I know, more about but, sharing But I do remember to... <laughs> the conversations we've had about that, uh-huh. where we said, look, you know, I don't know. I, most people can't shoot anybody. But anyway, so so what is my vision? I need to be clear about that. And that's been my vision since I was in my late 20s. And so I don't have any trouble hanging on to it. But then my goal is to be the Pied Piper, the cheerleader, to get out there and say two things. One is, how do I create community that supports the life I have in my work, in my social encounters, in my spiritual practice, in my education, my quest for knowledge? And so I want to engage the community that surrounds me. And um, so, And so how do I do that? Well, first of all, I've got to imagine who are those people. And so some of them may be faith-based groups. Some of them might be public uh, servants. Some of them might be union leaders or racial justice groups, or maybe they're um, anti-poverty or local uh, education systems, um, economic groups or local businesses like from the downtown here. We have a lovely downtown in Marietta, Ohio. Um, but then I've got to think about how do I be inclusive? And that's a word that we're going to deal with a lot as we move into the age of AI and so forth. And so we're going to move away from a lot of the, we're going to move away from the white male. Everything's focused on how the white male operates and them being in charge. So if I want to have a, let's say I want to have a get together, I want to invite my neighbors and I, I got to have a reason. I got to make it their idea to come to where I am, wherever that is, hopefully in my home, because I want them to feel welcome. But then I got to think about how do I feel welcoming? Well, food. All right. I'm going to stop you right there. Okay. And uh, we'll get back to that. But I wanted to let everyone know that you are listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and the community-minded Annie (laughs) Warnke, reminding you it is indeed the end of the world as we know it. Thank God. Thank God. All right. So so you were just talking about, I guess, laying out the idea that community, of course, is is really vital to to us as social human animals. Um, but then how do we get about, how do we go about creating, you know, a, a, a sustainable, vibrant, um, nurturing community? That, that doesn't seem to be happening. In fact, as a society, we seem to be going the opposite direction. So how do we reverse that trend um, and and get back to the, the, the concept of this is my tribe? Well, we have mm-hmm. to move away from thinking that anybody's going to come to rescue us. Yeah. And so I know that to be true because I wouldn't be one of the ones that would get rescued. <laughs> and um, but But so again, it comes back to me, my own sense of community and how I build that in, in my home, in myself, how I care for me, how I care for my community in my home, and then moving on to the diversity that surrounds me. Uh, it could be economics. It could be, uh, uh, it could be, you know, uh, immigration. People are immigrants. People are, 
not like white. within your ethnic community yeah starting so, there yeah so maybe they're not white uh not christian most people would call themselves christian um and so who are those people and how do i go where they are and include them well, in what i want to it do it seems to me in the past people would say okay church is where i'm going to get a lot of that sense of community yeah, that's true. um social Organizations like Rotary, Kiwanis, Lions, Elks, uh, Range Club, whatever, the Masons, all of those kind of things, which also, again, seem to be less and less important in our society. Right. Um, and then even, even governance, local governance was a form of community, school boards, whatever. Your school was a community center. All of these centers feel like they're like the school is no longer like a place where you build community. In fact, our local school, when Catlin was in school, uh, actively tried to keep parents out. You know, they didn't want oh, yeah, participation. And and government, even in a small village like, like Marietta, Ohio here, it feels like government views the citizens as the other. Um, and the citizens view governance as an annoyance. There's not, they don't we're trust. all, we're not all part of the same team here trying to make our city better. It's more like you're a, you're a fumbling bureaucrat who just wants to find me for something. And, uh, and the people in power are looking at it. These people who live here are just annoying. I wish they'd just go away. And so how do you build a community in that kind of world that, that seems to be set against it? Well, we keep starting in the wrong place, Jay. Okay, doke. So we don't start in any of those places. Well, I don't You're start at all. <laughs> we start so. with individual people because we understand that mindset of being an individual and the power, which is a misnomer. We don't have that much power as an individual, only on our own thought process and how we create community for ourselves. And I keep saying that here, but, but it really does begin there. And then it moves on to who are the other individuals, the families, the, the businesses that maybe are in the uh, community mm -hmm. and, um, and staying as small as possible. Maybe it's just your street, or if you have an alley, maybe it's your street and the people that share the alley. And, um, and that's where the real value is, because there is this us versus them, whether it's the police or the government. It's like we are there. We're, we're a problem because we don't like the fact that they aren't supporting the idea that everybody has the right to enough and they do have the right to enough. So the goal would be then to, to have some kind of a get together mm -hmm. and invite even if you invite two people. You know, well, so change. the example that you're doing here, again, I keep pointing back to Marietta, where where our office is here, is you've identified this very small little subsection of a pretty small little town. Yeah, it's called Phillips Subdivision. Phillips Subdivision. It's and one it's, whole street that shares an alley with half of the other street. So there's like two blocks long and... No, it's only one block. One block and two two streets, basically. So... So kind of like both sides of one block kind of well, thing. Well, it's one and a half. So it's a whole block yeah. for ninth and then a half. Of, and All then, right. So the plan there is we say, okay, we've, we've seen this. It's a community. It can be described as a community. It's got this kind of unique little history that probably none of you guys know about, about how it came oh, to yeah, being. Oh, yeah, the story of it. And, mm -hmm. and how that, so that's a shared um, 
idea. Um, and, and now you're saying, okay, let's try and organize ourselves around that idea and then create something that begins to build this community. And the idea you've got is this alleyway that's between these two streets. Why don't we create art in the alley where these all the, there are yeah. all these little back, back buildings. Up. Let's back okay. up for a minute all because right. the story of Phillips subdivision is not what's bringing us together. What's bringing us together is the uniqueness of what you and I are doing in this 30 by 70 plot. It started with the first uh, uh, reception uh, tea, which was to look at the food forest that we were creating, food forest garden, and 26 people showed up. Now today, the, the, one, the next one that's coming up uh, is uh, we created really nice little postcards and put them in a little bag and a uh, little brown paper bag and hung them on doorknobs to invite people to come. And it announced two things. One is we're having a tea and we'd love to meet you. And we have had interest in the solar array that was put in in July. Right. So we're saying we're going to cut the ribbon and put the sign up for the array. And people are interested in that. Sure. So, they're all peeking out their windows going, what the heck's going on right. with that little so solar again, array? You know, we're making it their idea. And then the other thing it just barely mentions is May art in the alley. And so the goal then is to use art primarily with children to, uh, uh, we're working with Reimagine Appalachia and they're um, giving me some money to buy these little art kits we're going to create in a bag. And we've engaged the library. Now I haven't done this by myself. I, I am working with one of my neighbors that I knew before I came here and he's the Pied Piper and he knows everybody. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's not so great, but because <laughs> some of the people who know him are, are sort of locked the right. door when but they he, see him. He's coming. a brilliant organizer <laughs> and I love him to bits. And anyway, so he is helping me. So we have two people, me, him and me. And so we have rebel roused. We've sent, put out the postcards anyway. So people are coming and there are a lot of people coming All that right. have RSV peed. But the goal then is to have a little piece of paper. They'll sign in and we will say, okay, we're going right. to have a meeting in January. One second. Okay. Don't get too far into no, the no, weeds about this. I'm just this telling thing. you that mm -hmm. it's a gradual right. little thing. So come in January and here's what the agenda is for January. Right. What do we envision for our neighborhood. Would we like to have a car charging station? They have one downtown that anybody can use and you put in a quarter and then you get to charge or, your or car. Or you don't because it's the only it's, it's the, the only, only meter and they don't have meter made. So yes. who's gonna look yes. at it? <laughs> so so but so what what kind of trees would we like to plant because lots of them have been cut down. Where do we want to clean up things a bit? Um, how do we want to have a summer uh, potluck uh, pet parade kind of thing where we have fun and we get together? Because the thing is, when you have um, the ability to bring people together and work towards something, it creates relationships. And then when something happens where we need each other, we can call up and say, you know, my, my kid's at school and I can't go get it 
get her because I'm sick or mm-hmm. the dog escaped. Can you help me? Okay. Or there's no electricity and you guys have all the electricity. Can we come there and be warm? Okay, so I'm going to distill it down All right. and, and kind of say, all right, one of the things about building community then is to create a series of opportunities for people to develop relationships so that when emergencies occur, you know, you, you have this shared experience to draw on to, to come to each other's assistance, as opposed to this is the first time we're meeting and we're in crisis. Let's create Correct. these re- relationships ahead of, ahead of time. Right. But it could, I mean, that could, that should be your first response is, oh my gosh, there's a problem. Let's, Let's, but we don't know how to get in touch with each other. And people sure. have lived on this street for a long time. A lot of people and many of the buildings, uh, houses are still uh, owner occupied and they don't know each other. Well, one of the things that I really appreciated when we lived in, in England is it seems to me, and maybe I'm just uh, sort of projecting onto them, but it seems to me the British have a uh, almost a fondness for for the village oddball, you know, the one who's not quite mm. um, normal, you know, they're, they're either grumpy or they're eccentric or whatever. There's this kind of, whereas here in America, we seem to think that if you're not conforming, then you're somebody to be avoided or ridiculed or whatever. We don't seem to have that same affection for people oh, who, are, no. who are different. But I do think that people, people are voyeurs. They mm. like to watch. They don't want to be included, but they like to watch. And so yeah. if we got them watching, if we have them watching, then the next step is to figure out, it's a chess game to figure out how we get them to move forward just ever so slightly to see, wait a minute, there's some real advantage here to connecting. And persistence is the superpower of this process, being persistent, just continuing to do it because I am determined that I will know people. Now, at the farm, I do know people there, but I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> you know okay. them too well. I, you're gonna, I, I you're think that's good, and we just can't get sort beyond. of the crazy uncle who, yeah, who after, only comes along to Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, after 30 years, it's still it's All still All right, tough. well, we're going to be tight here on on some time, so let's let's try and actually get to uh, <laughs> what can you wrap up the idea of how do we well, in fact a, build sustainable? The, You're saying uh, start at home, branch out a little bit, be persistent, create opportunities for engagement. Okay, but so there's a lot more. We'll have to have another show. But <laughs> what I want to say is there are a couple of resources that I would like to encourage people to um, to, to look at because there's a lot of talk about this, what I'm doing as I do naturally as my gregarious self, um, that it's, it's something that has to happen in the future and AI is going to push us there. <laughs> so first of all, David Brooks has an interview with Thomas Burnett called How to See People one conversation at its time. And we'll put this in the uh, podcast. And, and David Brooks is your new, uh, uh, I don't know, your new boyfriend. No, he's not my boyfriend. <laughs> he's not a boy. He's a grown up man, but he, he's, um, he's a, a, a moderate as he calls himself. And he also has, um, he's a columnist for he, the New, new York, York times. times. Yes, yeah. he is. But mm-hmm. he has a lot of really wonderful things to say that are quite uh, endearing and encouraging and spiritual, I think. And then the other is to look up Reimagine Appalachia, and they have a wonderful toolkit called Reimagining Your Community Toolkit. 
that outlines a lot of the materials, uh, things that we're talking about right now. Okay, well, I'm going to cut you off there and let everyone know you have been listening to When the Biomass Hits the Wind Turbine with Jay and Annie Warmke. We want to thank our always a member of our little home community, community Adam Rich, our <laughs> Emmy Award winning producer. And we want to thank you for spending just a little bit of time with us. And as your grandmother hopefully told you, the secret to a happy and sustainable life is play nice with others, clean up your own mess, and eat your veggies. All right. In a community of like minded people. She would have said that, yes. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> All right. Amen. <laughs> we'll see. Until next time. You can find more information on living sustainably in our unsustainable world at blurockstation.com. Yeah.